superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. When you talk about Lamar Jackson... You're treading into unknown waters. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. What if Lamar Jackson had shown up at this owner's meeting and was shaking hands and walked straight up to Arthur Blank in a hallway? Earlier on the show, USC wide receiver Jordan Addison. Coming up, senior writer for the MMQB, Albert Breer. Co-creator, writer, and actor from Ted Lasso, Brendan Hunt. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. Great chat with the, the young man Jordan Addison from uh, University of Southern California by way of the Pittsburgh football program and the Mid-Atlantic. Um, one of the top wide receivers available in this year's draft. Um, he oh, It's just great chatting with him. Yeah. Um, the man who plays Coach Beard uh, on the hit show Ted Lasso on Apple uh, TV, on Apple TV+. Plus. He's joining us in studio hour number three. How good? How much fun will this be? Uh, I, I look forward to meeting him. We, we, I think I zoomed with him back in the day. Um, oh yeah, that's but he, true. He's coming here. Uh, Jason Sudeikis is slated to be here Monday. How about that? So our believe sign that's hanging up behind Chris Brockman that Sean Payton signed when he was here during the Super Bowl, uh, because he was, if I'm not mistaken, on his retirement press conference, he gave out biscuits. Gave out biscuits. Right. All the so we had him sign reporters. the believe sign, and we'll we'll get both uh, both top coaches. Uh, of AFC Richmond, hopefully signing that uh, by the end of uh, our show Monday. Good times. Joining us here on the Rich Eisen Show to kick off hour number two, we saw him at the NFL owners meeting, not just because uh, I I follow him on Twitter and everything else that he does for Sports Illustrated, but uh, when we had the soundbite of Matt LaFleur, we saw him lurking behind. He's a (laughs) LaFleur LaFleur lurker. He's Albert Breer back here on the Rich Eisen Show. We saw you lurking, Albert. We saw you lurking. Did I look as awkward as uh, Darlington did oh. with his coffee cup oh, there? Oh, hold creepy. on a minute. That was creepy. I stand corrected. It was Robert Sala. You lurked behind Sala. You were a Sala lurker. Okay. Okay. Because okay. I think it was I think it was Darlington no, went behind uh, behind Lafleur with the uh, like he he said that he like thought he looked like a character from The Office, which I thought was pretty <laughs> pretty accurate. Albert, you've been at these uh, meetings for a long time. And, you know, the, the idea was coaches are sitting at a, a breakfast table and now they're just sitting at tables and now the tables aren't large enough. This thing is getting huger and huger because there's always news post free agency or post, you know, combine. And we haven't heard from these guys since the combine. And it's, it's just getting huger and bigger. It's unbelievable. This event. Yeah. It's like everything else. Right. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, I, I can remember going to the Senior Bowl, um, you know, it was 15 years ago, probably the first time I went, and I was like, this is great, there are no reporters here, <laughs> you know what I mean, like, and now, I think, you know, I'm, Jim Nagy could probably verify the number, but they're probably credentialing like two, 300 people for the practices, you know, it's, it's, crazy. it's just amazing the way this stuff has grown, and, um, you know, I was actually reading you know, our mutual friend Tom Curran, his story on, uh, on Belichick the other day, and I bet he put it well, he was like, these have sort of become like, 
um, you know, almost de facto state of the union addresses for, for the coaches and the, and the owners, you know, that they, this is sort of, you know, now you're a couple, you know, months separated from the season and, uh, for most of the teams anyway. And, uh, you got a little ways to go, you know, obviously before OTAs get ramped up and it's just sort of every single team. And that's why the beat reporters all go. Every single team has this like little de facto state of the union address from its coach and for some teams from the owner and the general manager as well. And so that's, I think, one reason why we get so much information coming out of this is it just sort of feels like it's starting to set the table for the next year. Well, then let's let's jump into some of the stories that came out of this owner's meeting and narratives coming out of the owner's meeting, um, starting with Belichick. Let's start there. There was a topic bar that caused me to stop walking to my desk today on, uh, on ESPN on their Get Up program where it's like, has Belichick lost a step? You know, Brockman is sitting here, you know, uh, frequently. You, you believe that Bill is coaching for his coaching job this for year. for his job. I think Bob Kraft has made that clear. What do you think, Albert? Is that really the case in New England? I mean, I, I think this is a critical year for the organization. and um, I don't know whether or not, you know, Bob Kraft would have the stomach to, to press the, the button on that and to fi- actually fire Bill Belichick. But, um, you know, I think it's pretty clear, like, just hearing those two guys talk, they're – they're, they're not mock-step the way they used to be. You know what I mean? Like, and, you know, you sort of – it almost felt like to a degree there were salvos going back and forth. You know, like, I mean, that was a bomb that, that, that Robert Kraft dropped on Lamar Jackson, you know, and you know, he put that on the record and that, you know, left that at Bill's feet, you know, and then, you know, Bill basically saying, like, check my resume when, you know, he's asked why fans should be um, – which should be optimistic about 2023, despite the fact they're coming off like by far the worst four-year stretch of his almost two and a half decades in New England. You know, you can kind of see like a little bit of a disconnect there. And this is a critical year too because they've missed the playoffs in two of the last three years. They've had under 500 records the last two of the last three years. Um, that's the first time I believe that might be the first time that's happened in Kraft's ownership. You know, since he since he bought the team. Um, you know, and then. On top of that, like, you know, you're talking about having a major decision with your quarterback coming after this year in, in that they'll at the very least have to make a decision on Mac Jones' fifth-year option after this year, presuming Mac Jones is the quarterback in 2023. And so, like, this is shaping up as, like, a pretty massive year for the franchise in general mm-hmm. and um, as to the direction of the franchise. And if it doesn't go the way that, that Bill Belichick's planning for it to go, you certainly can see where bigger questions are going to be asked. And again, I don't know whether or not, you know, like, you know, Robert would have the, 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 the stomach to fire the greatest coach in the history of the game. Um, but it certainly feels like things are not close to being in the same place they were five years ago. As, especially since if we're, you know, on the Lamar subject with, with the Patriots, I mean, uh, Brady was there for a hometown discount, you know, season after hometown discount season. I mean, cra- I, we, we looked it up. What, the the number of millions that that Brady made in his ten, tenure with the Patriots About was two twenty. Yeah, I mean, and it would maybe cost that much um, in guaranteed dollars to land Lamar Jackson. It doesn't strike me as Kraft would ever want to cut a check for a single player of that size, regardless of the position. It just doesn't seem to make sense organizationally, regardless of what Meek Mill may have delivered a message to or for or for Albert. Here's the, here's the issue though, like Rich. If I, you know, like when I look at it, it 
it sort of feels like the the Patriots are built like a Tom Brady Patriot team would be built. You know what I mean? Like where, like they didn't need to be outstanding in every spot when Brady was the quarterback. Brady would come in and kind of save the day with some things. You know what I mean? Like so that's why you didn't need to have Randy Moss on every team Brady played for. As long as you were balanced and you could send five guys into the route, trust those five guys and have five competent linemen in front of the quarterback, Brady would sort of figure out the rest. And, you know, in the years they were better in those spots, then Brady would elevate and the teams would be incredible. You know, and now it feels like I, like they've got good skill position players. Do they have somebody who, when they break the huddle, the defensive coordinator is going to be sweating bullets over? Probably not, right? Um, and I would say one, if not both, of their tackle positions are still an issue going into the draft. So, like, it kind of feels like a team is built to, 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 to for, for Tom Brady to come into the shape of the day. They don't have Brady anymore. And so, what would be one way where you could create something on your offense that you know would change the dynamic? Oh, Lamar Jackson would be one way to do it. You know, if you're talking about breaking the huddle and having a guy that the defensive coordinators have nightmares over, that would be one way to do it, is to make that guy the quarterback, you know? Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's it's something that's, that would be outside the box of what they've done from a financial standpoint. Then again, if you want to look at the other side of it, and I'll bring up the Moss example again, if you look at why Bill Belichick went and got Randy Moss, why he signed Tim Tebow, you know, that at, that, at one point, um, and why he's held Lawrence Taylor in, in the highest regard, you know, you, there are so many cases where there's a unique player who brings something different to the table that can make the Patriots more difficult to prepare for, and they can give Bill an edge over other coaches, and not just on sheer talent, but because it, he's bringing in somebody who just changes the dynamic completely. And in that way, Lamar Jackson would very much fit the Bill. I don't think they're going to do it, but like I do think – there's reason to believe that, that, that Bill Belichick would be intrigued by the idea. The MMQB's Albert Breer here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk Lamar writ large. Hitting send just as John Harbaugh sits down to talk to the media yeah. on a tweet yeah. saying, I, by the way, asked for a trade on March 2nd. And then the uh, annual meeting wraps up as he tweets about how he wasn't jaking his injury. If he was, then why was he trying so hard between weeks 1 and 12? Um, and he's, he's putting it out there. He's putting a lot of messages out there. Yep. Um, and part of the subtext for me, Albert, is that um, if he had uh, offer sheets on the table or an, an offer sheet on the table, he wouldn't be doing that. Does he have an offer sheet from anybody, do you think? No, and, and I think, like, my feeling right now is if an offer sheet was going to come before the draft, it would have come by now. Um, so like, I, I mean, we could start with like that, that first piece, which is, um, you know, what I thought was like a pretty strategic savvy way of going about that. Um, I mean, we assume it was intentional. It could have been an accident. It couldn't have been an accident that, that, that he has tweet, um, his send on that tweet, you know, like whatever it was three minutes into John Harbaugh's media session. I, I think part of that might be a salvo with the way the general public has seen this. Like I think because he doesn't have an agent, like people are looking at it and saying, well, like is this guy's just wandering around aimlessly, no idea what he's doing. Um, this was kind of like, all right, well, you know, if you want to see if I can be cold and cunning and smart and savvy about this, watch what I'm about to do. And he did that. So, like, I think that that's part of it, you know. Um, 
And then just as far as where this thing goes, the reason I bring up the draft, Rich, is because I think that there could be teams in the top ten, a team or teams in the top ten, that might not be wild about this quarterback class, right? And might think to themselves, if Young and Stroud go one and two, we really don't feel comfortable taking one of the guys that's left, um, you know, at three or four or five or six or seven or eight or nine or ten. So why don't we wait until after the draft to see what we're going to do and maybe we make a run at Lamar Jackson and then spend our top ten pick on a Will Anderson or a Tyree Wilson or a Jalen Carter or whoever else, right? And then when we get past the draft, instead of having to potentially sacrifice the fourth pick or the seventh pick or the tenth pick for Lamar Jackson, now we're talking about picks in 24 and 25. And we believe that – our pick is going to be, say, in the mid-20s with Lamar Jackson as our quarterback. So I think for some of these teams, getting past the draft and then not having to give up one of this year's picks could change the dynamic. As for where things stand with the Ravens, I think the problem right now is, um, you know, I think because Lamar's waited five years, he wants to win on every front. And, like, I respect him wanting to do that, like, Generally, it's tough to get an NFL team to agree to that. So he, you want to win on term, you want to win on guarantees, you want to win on the money. Like he, he wants to win on every front. And right now, the at this point, the Ravens haven't been willing to go the distance on that. I do think like that there's a compromise here in some sort of three-year fully guaranteed deal. Um, but I think it's going to take some compromise on Lamar's part to get there. And I will say that Lamar, I think right now, is standing on principle. I don't think this has anything to do with greed. So I think it's pretty unpredictable how he's going to handle the rest of this and whether or not he'll really want to seek a middle ground with the, with the Ravens and where they're at. Albert Breer, a few minutes left with our Sports Illustrated front here on the Rich Eisen Show. Walking around the owners' meeting, the, the sense uh, you got about what the holdup is between the Jets and the Packers for the Aaron Rodgers trade, we all know, they all know, is going to happen. What, what is the holdup? You want me to give you some good news, Rich? Sure. I don't think this thing's in nearly as bad a place as everybody thinks. Okay. <laughs> like, I don't. I mean, is there problems between Rodgers and the Packers? Yes. Um, that exists. But there are some incredibly tight relationships between the two teams, right? So, like, Joe Douglas and Brian Gutekunst, the two general managers, spent a lot of time together as road scouts. They've got a great rapport. Mm -hmm. The two head coaches, Matt LaFleur and Robert Sala, are, like, quite literally best friends, you know? And then you've got, like, the two owner, well, the owner and the de facto owner, I guess, Mm -hmm. and Woody Johnson and Mark Murphy, and both those guys were involved in the Brett Favre trade in 2008. Um, So they have experience working together in this sort of thing. So I think this thing's in a better place than people think. Might it be? Might it happen on draft day? Yeah, I don't think it's out of the question. It happens this week, you know. So, like, I think like there is definitely a deal to be done. I think progress has been made, and you know, I think this is about getting sign off from like every level of each organization. Um, but I think hmm. like this thing is is in a good place now, and I think there's you know a good chance that Aaron Rodgers is a Jet um, relatively soon. You know, certainly before the draft. I'd say probably before OTAs start, 
um, and maybe even at some point over the next few days. Well, to me, well, wow, okay, because to me, it's got to happen before the draft. I mean, why would the why would the Packers not take draft choices now? I, I don't yeah, under, I wouldn't understand if, that. Especially, you know what, Rich? Especially if it is in a good place, right? Right. Like I mean, especially if if Gutekunst and Douglas have made progress. I mean. But the Jets want to have it done, too. You know what I mean? Everybody like the, does. And it's going to have to happen, you know, and everyone's like, who's got leverage? Who's got leverage? Everybody needs right. it to happen. And, and and the guy involved who's being traded wants it to happen. And you don't want that guy around when he's unhappy. I mean, come on. It, it just makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. what's best for Jordan Love, right? Oh, it's best, best for everybody. Yeah. What's the best for Jordan Love? What's the best for Garrett Wilson? You know, if you want to start throwing names out there, like what's best for everybody is that, that this gets done, you know? And so, I mean, from you know, the, the, the guys at the highest level of each organization to the front offices, the scouts, knowing what they're doing, mm-hmm. you know, going into the draft, having yeah. a better, clearer picture of that. Um, you know, for the Jets, too, like knowing what picks they won't have. You know what I mean? Like that's helpful. Um, you know, and then the coaches, of course, you know, for for them, what's best is a deal getting done. So, um, I think they're they're motivated. I, I I think it was you know probably good for them to get to spend a few days together in Arizona at the owners' meetings this week. And you know I think I, I think I said the last time to you, Rich, like you know when the the, the temperature was turned up, like with the McAfee thing and yeah. um, with what what Aaron said on McAfee and all of that. I think I said to you at that point. I think cool, cooler heads will prevail. Yeah. I think we're at the point where you know it looks like cooler heads are prevailing and right. there's been good progress made. Uh, Albert Breer here on the Rich Eisen Show. I appreciate that knowledge. Uh, before I let you go, I, I need two tea leaf reads from you. Okay, first one is read the tea uh, and the leaves in 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 the cup of the 49ers quarterback room the the comments made by john lynch saying well brock purdy i think is in the lead position and then you know the 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 comments from kyle shanahan have been widely read as sam donald's got a real shot to start and what does this mean for lance like what 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 is the current situation and thinking in that front office about their quarterback scenario here's what i I think is so trey lance needs reps okay like trey lance needs to play and, like, if you look at, like, the number of throws he's had since, um, you know, 2020, I mean, I guess since, since really, like, since 2019, right? Like, yeah, yeah, right. 2019 was his last, like, full season play. The, that number is so small. Here's the problem the Niners are facing. Like, last year was the year that they were going to sort of sacrifice his development. Not sacrifice, but yeah. like, the feeling was at the beginning, in the summer, like, Jimmy is still the better quarterback, but we believe with reps, Trey will be the better quarterback by the time we get to December and January, and we'll be rolling into the playoffs with him, right? Yep. And, like, now I think this is the point where that team is such a win-now operation. You know what I mean? Like, you look at the way they're set up, and now they have this other young option in Brock Purdy. They can't afford to throw another season overboard in the name of, you know, young quarterback's development, especially when they've got another good option on the roster. And so, you know, I think what they want to see from Trey Lance is, like, it's up to you. You know, you can make this difficult on us. You know, like, it's up to you. And we're not handing you anything this time around. You know, and, and, and it sucks because that's not your fault. You got hurt. Like, I think they still love him as a person. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I think they still believe he could get there if he if, if they gave him, like, a full year to develop with reps and everything else. But I just think they're past the point where they're willing to make the sacrifice of saying, okay, like, we're going to, like, let all that happen. 
let all this happen in the name of his development because they do have another option now because they are such a they do have such a win now roster. So, you know, I think the injury sort of opens the door for both um, Trey Lance to develop and, and Sam Darnold to resuscitate his career. You know, both those guys are going to come in. I think the, the Niners are hoping that they have a very very healthy comp, a very very healthy competition between the two for reps in the spring and summer while Brock Purdy is getting healthy. And really, it's up to those two to make. John Lynch or Kyle Shanahan changed their mind. But as of right now, like I can tell you, like there's strong belief that Brock, Brock Purdy can be a really good starting quarterback in the NFL. And, uh, you know, like it'll, it really is on, on both Lance and Darnold to move, move the, the Niners brass off that spot. Last tea leaf read from you, Albert. Um, the pro day for Anthony Richardson just completed uh, while we were yep. conversing. He looked dynamite. This just in, no surprise. Um, and yep. the Panthers visited everybody's pro day and took three of the four prospects out to dinner. I don't know if the Raiders muscled in for dinner reservations before they could secure one with Anthony Richardson. <laughs> if it doesn't matter, they had a meeting with him anyway. But the bottom line is the Raiders are the ones who took Richardson out to dinner. What to make of that? Anything? Yeah. Not really. I mean, my understanding was some of the because of the owners' meetings and all the stuff that comes along with it. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of the Panthers guys couldn't get in in time last night to to um, to, 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 to make like the big full on dinner um, with Anthony Richardson. I, I wouldn't make too much of it. Like I, I like I think that they'll. I, I think that they're going to meet with. Him. I'm not a hundred percent on this, but I think that their plan was to try to do something with him again tonight. Spend a little more time with him with a more full group. And they're going to have these guys, you know, to to Charlotte for, um, for 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 thirty visits anyway. So they're going to get plenty of time with each of these guys. So I think this was more logistical around. Sure, but what about the Raiders? But what about also? What about the Raiders fact of it? Yeah, but huh? about, yeah, what about the Raiders fact of it? The Raiders just took the dinner slot. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but, Ra- so does that? But, but the Raiders, but the the Raiders <laughs> met, met privately with Will Levis and C.J. Stroud. And Anthony and um, and Bryce Young the night before those guys pro days last year. It's just the Panthers had the dinner slot last week, so this week the the Raiders had the dinner slot because the Panthers logistically couldn't get all their guys there. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't read too much into it. Like I think like the Raiders are in a similar spot to the Seahawks. The Seahawks have done all this work too. Um, the Raiders and Seahawks I think are both in this spot where it's like we're comfortable with our guys with Geno Smith and Jimmy Garoppolo but we also don't plan to be drafting this high mm-hmm. again for a while. And so while we're sitting here, if we, we may, we may even be like right now planning not to take a quarterback at five or seven, but we at least need to have a full understanding of what we'd be passing on. And so, you know, I think it's smart for them to do all that work because if one of those guys, you know, winds up blowing them away or they get to the point where it's like, yeah, like we really think, like we'd be in a good spot if we took Anthony Richardson. Well, then what an awesome situation they would have. They'd have their a starting quarterback for the next year or two, and they'd have the, the, the flexibility to be able to sit Richardson for a year or two years, which a lot of people think he needs, and you know have him ready to go as their starting quarterback in 2024 or 2025. Right, exactly. And, and but, but the question is, is, I guess, well, and then I'll let you go, one month from tonight is the draft. What's more likely? I'm going to use one of our staple segments here from our program. What's more likely, the Cardinals make the pick at three or one of the two teams you just mentioned trades up to go take Richardson if he's sitting there at three? 
I think neither of those things happen. Uh-huh. Um, I think the Cardinal. I, I think the Cardinals are going to trade the pick. I just. I don't know if the Seahawks or Raiders will come up. I think the, the Cardinals are in a good spot to trade the pick. I, I think so much of this is on Levis and Richardson, though. I, I, like increasingly, I'm starting to feel like it's going to be Young and Stroud. In, in one order or the other, one and two. Mm-hmm. Um, and that puts the Cardinals in a tremendous position on paper because you would think, like, that, okay, like some team is going to try to hop the Colts, right? Because you see the Colts there at four. Yep. You know, I, well, most people expect them to take a quarterback there. But what if no one's that in love with Levis or Richardson? You know, like that. So that, that, that I think is where things are. And so, and, and I don't know that Seattle or Vegas, like, I think, like, you know, like they, they could take a quarterback if one falls to them. I don't know that they would get aggressive and move up. I think that sort of still remains to be seen. Albert, you're the man. Let's chat again real soon. Greatly appreciate it. Love to seeing you lurking at the owners' meeting. I appreciate you lur- lurking here. Appreciate it. And I'll try to live. Up, I'll try. I'll try to reach that Darlington standard next time around. Right? Yeah, you're good. You're good. You're already aces in our book, <laughs> as you know. Uh, thanks for the call, Albert. You're the man. You be well. All right. Thanks, Rich. That's Albert Breer. Follow him. A must follow on Twitter. Must. Right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Okay. Lots to unpack there. We're going to unpack what he just said about Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. And also news from New York. Hashtag all rise. All rise indeed. Oh, baby. (laughs) And my top five list is a dynamite one. Top five NFL players that should, should wear number zero. That's coming up next right here on The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. 
Back here on the Rich Eisen Show Terrestrial Radio Network. Uh, coast to coast, it is. I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Just went in the back. Uh, our third hour guest, Brendan Hunt, who plays Coach Beard um, um, in the brilliant show, Ted Lasso. He is already here. Um, he came wearing, he wasn't wearing it at the time, it's in the corner, I don't know if he's going to wear it out here, a Montreal Expos baseball cap for Ooh, opening day, which is sweet. next level. I, uh, you know. Fantastic. Remember the time where I believe uh, Tommy Lasorda once had Yuppie, their mascot, ejected? <laughs> I think. I don't remember that, yeah. but that's funny. <laughs> Odd that that's my only Montreal, my first Montreal Expos memory. My other one was when I called a game for ESPN2 in San Diego between the Padres and the Expos. The deuce, Rich. Uh-huh. And it was it was the backup game, so literally nobody was watching it. It, it went nine innings scoreless. Oh, my God. Was that a Pedro game back then? Pedro. Say it again. Was that a Pedro game back then? No. I don't remember. What year was that? Uh, I don't recall either. Off the top of it, Ryan Klesko hit a, uh, a walk-off hit for the um, – for the uh, for the Expos to win that game, wow! You one nothing in ten. Right? Holy crap! The you want to talk stadium. about trying to fill time? Oh my gosh! The old stadium. I'm gonna find this game for you. In the old Jack Murphy oh, Stadium, Jack yeah. Murphy Stadium, or Qualcomm, which Qualcomm. I do believe Matt Harvey paid fealty once on Dan Patrick's show, quite famously. Hey now, eight four four two zero four. Rich number to dial here on the program. So Albert Breer just said that he thinks. Things between the Jets and the Packers are in a much better spot than people are talking about and that the deal, he, he thinks it can get done not only before the draft, but maybe this week. <laughs> this week? Did you hear what he said? I mean, I did. I heard it too. I mean, I don't know. This week. I don't know. Everyone likes each other. Joe Douglas and Gutekunst used to be scouts on the road together. Sure. The they, probably, to they, they probably checked into, you know, the roof, the red roof next door to each other. The Once red. upon a time in the middle of, you know, uh, SEC country, right? The money made it. Okay. Like, like Mooch and Andy Reid. Uh, they left the light on for each other. <laughs> and uh, and uh, LaFleur and, and Sal are quite literally best friends. LaFleur. They like each other. They like each other. Woody and Mark Murphy, they've done this before. They've traded. They've they swapped draft choices for generationally brilliant and talented Green Bay Packer quarterbacks at the end of their Hall of Fame run. They've done this before. This is not their first such rodeo. It's better than you think. And then in the middle of all that, as if the good news for me is not enough, you get in my ear and you say to me, all right. Aaron Judge hits his first home run of the season in his first at-bat, picking up where he left off. We're forgetting about the playoffs, but picking up where we left off. Just a All rise. Bomb to center field. <laughs> and that's caused me. I truly thought this during the moment. You heard what the first thing I asked Mike Hoskins as soon as we hit the break. Yeah. I thought of your what's more likely supposition from last Friday. It was good. What's going to happen first? Judge hits its 10th home run of the season, oh. or Rodgers puts on a Jets jersey. We got a horse race, people. <laughs> Who's going to be the first to the finish line? All right. This week, Aaron Judge has already got nine more to go. That's good. And three more at-bats, likely today. He hits another one. Judge is going to be making a case. 
Oh, what a great break. It's, it stopped raining. What else do I need? Should I be, should I play the numbers? Should they play the, is there a Powerball tonight? There is? Uh, tomorrow. Let's go. Lottery tomorrow. Good enough. I'm feeling good. <laughs> How about that? Wow. If, could, could Rogers be a jet by the end of the week? Well, we've got a month oh, till the Derby. Guys. Thank derby you, Mike. Derby in a month, Mike. That's for you in the horse race. It makes sense, man. The Packers are going to have to. Why, why would the Packers pass up on using draft choices now? Why would they do that? Just to stand firm in a position that nobody in their fan base is demanding they stand firm on? I shouldn't say nobody. There are some who push back at me every single moment. They're like, he should stick around for a first-round pick. They're not going to get it. All right? It ain't happening. I got a top five list. You ready for it? Oh, let's Always. Go. Come on, TJ. Always. Oh, yes. As you may have heard, <laughs> as you may have heard, the <laughs> NFL owners approved the number zero to be used by NFL players for the first time in yeah. forever. Cannot wait. So somewhere Jim Otto was Jeff smiling, Lurie, right? Jeff Lurie, <laughs> Jeff Lurie of the the Eagles said uh, they're running out of numbers. That's part of the reason why. <laughs> They're running out of numbers? Yeah. There's 53 people on a team. I get it, but numbers are being retired yeah, and things yeah, like that. Point. They needed zero as an option. I had to have it. Now, as you know, it's double zero, as man. you know, players love their jerseys numbers. They've had it oh, since yeah. childhood. They had, they're had wearing their college number. Like Stevie whatever. Wonder, they're very superstitious. Very yes. superstitious. I heard, in, in my book uh, in 2007 uh, that not enough people bought, um, total access. <laughs> I have a whole section on 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 players' superstitions. It's a great. Segment. I had the book a, and I knew that. Yes. So people are very superstitious about their numbers, but I think some might be willing to change. And there's other scenarios to make this top five list of the top five players that should wear number zero. Let's get started. This one's the this one is the first one I thought of as soon as I heard this okay. being passed. Wherever he goes, wherever he's drafted, Darnell Washington of Georgia will get to keep it. Good one. He's gonna wear he's I mean, we already see it. Yep. We've seen it. He rocks it very well. Very, and people very have been well. rocked by him wearing it. <laughs> Wherever yeah. this kid gets drafted one month, maybe from tonight, he could be a first round talent. Well, this is a no-brainer. He's worn it in college. He gets to keep it in the pros. No doubt in my mind, if he is drafted first round, you know they always have the number one on the on the on the jersey that they hold up for 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 them. They should have zero. Just have it ready for the at the draft one month from tonight with his name on it. Darnell Washington of Georgia's number five on the list. Number four. Now he's coming in next week. I get to ask him this point blank. He's at the end of his career. I'm sure he's very attached to his number. But I think it would be perfect for Jason Kelsey to be the first Philadelphia Eagle to wear number zero. Because also at this point of his career, at this point of his career, number zero as the center of the Philadelphia Eagles, it would also stand for the exact number of Fs he has left to give. Yeah, that's true. In his career, he's playing for the love of the game. He's playing for the love of the teammates. And he's playing for, you know, that ring. He's already got one. Well, the check doesn't hurt either. He's got a lot of zeros on that. (laughs) So Jason Kelsey should be the first zero in the history of the Philadelphia Eagles. Number three on this list, 
He just, you know, I, he, he wore 46 in college. He wears 85 now. I don't know if he's attached to this. Well, why shouldn't George Kittle be the first zero in the history of the San Francisco 49ers? I kind of like it. First tight end of TE, tight end university, rocket zero. I, I know that I already named Darnell Washington as zero. I just think Kittle as a zero would be a lot see, of fun. I could see it. You know, and, and I, I think if there's anybody that could break the stigma of I'm wearing zero, that you're not nothing, you're something, it's George Kittle. Mm. It would also stand for the number of bad days that he has. <laughs> zero. Kittle on a beach. Bad oh, days. Yeah. So there you go. That's George Kittle. Number two on the list, he's the one who put it in the ether, and as soon as I heard it, it's perfect. Micah Parsons, you got to go through with your plan to be Agent Have Zero. To do it. Call yourself Agent Zero. Do it. He tweeted it out himself yesterday. Mm-hmm. Micah Parsons as the first zero in the history of the Dallas Cowboys, right? I don't think anybody's ever worn zero there. So Micah Parsons said Agent Zero. He even branded himself that. You could make a T-shirt line. You could put him on mugs. You could do all of that stuff. Agent Zero sounds terrific. And number one, you can't spell his first name without the letter that stands for the number. Odell Beckham Jr., where he signs, should be zero. Zero Dell Beckham Jr., Odell Beckham Jr. Do you, are you picking up what I'm putting down? Plus, plus, Alan Lazard also has number 13 on the Jets. And Don Maynard wore 13 on the Jets. You don't need to do that. Number three, forget it. Zero in green or zero in white. Odell Beckham Jr. It's perfect. That's my top five players that should wear number zero. I think we need one more. All right, we'll get one more. Okay. Now, this all, when you switch to zero, you got to have a narrative around it, okay? Yep. Now, anybody that gets passed in the first round should wear it. In the same way that once upon a time, if you know Maurice Jones Drew wore 32 because those were the number of teams that passed him in the first round. You can wear zero now and say these are the number of teams that took me in the first round and wear that as your badge of honor. So that's another one to put out there. And maybe if he does come back for year 10 in his life, maybe Will Compton should wear number one. And since I already used the phrase no bad days, the guy who actually was the no bad days guy is Taylor Lewan. However, if both go back in the league, they should wear zero because zero is the exact number of motors that's in the bus. Change the eight on the side of the bus for bussing with the boys to zero for the number of motors underneath the hood. It's perfect branding. Zero for Compton, zero for Luan, and I promise everybody, the zero will not... Wind wow. up standing for number of in-person appearances I make on Bussin' with the Boys. <laughs> and certainly in order to ensure <laughs> that, putting zero on the side of the bus to stand for the number of motors underneath the hood <laughs> is what we call chef's kiss. And that's my list. Good list. You like the list? Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> 
Am Odell, I missing? Odell is a no-brainer. Don't oh, Odell's no Dale brainer. Beckham Jr. Yeah, no-brainer. His name starts with an O. The letter O is on his jersey. It's a no-brainer. Don't you think? Wherever he goes? Are we going to see a quarterback everywhere zero? I can't imagine. Probably not, right? I mean, I would flip it, right? Instead of the number of teams that passed on me, if I was the number one pick, I'd wear zero for the number of teams that passed on me. Like, none of them passed on me. That was the oh, first pick. Oh, yeah, you the first that, overall yeah. pick. I'm zero. Nobody passed on yeah. me. Nobody passed on me. So Anthony Richardson wears zero. <laughs> <laughs> TJ's mock, TJ's mock draft. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Speaking of mock drafts, I have one for you. Oh, Cross my Twitter feed last night. Let's take a break. 844-204-RICH. Number to dial. You don't want to miss this. That's coming up right here on this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests were is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, talking about our new addition in the back. By the way, Rich, I'm going to be very honest with you. You can taste the difference in this new Keurig, man. That old one was Methuselah-type old. We had eight years without cleaning it. So. That's true, too. We figured it out. <laughs> yeah, nobody's doing that. I mean, God oh, knows. All right. The so first we do is eight years of not cleaning something, and then we'll get a new one. Yeah. <laughs> Saves you from actually cleaning <laughs> the device. I mean, the first sip Sounds like a great one, plan, guys. It had me like... This is like what a nice, couple nice dip coffees to see what we like. Mm-hmm. I got to get my Dunkin' now. Okay. All right, Rich, problem with your list. Um, someone Uh-oh. just tweeted us. Yes. Uh, everyone is allowed to wear the number zero except offensive and defensive linemen. Yeah, I was just about to bring uh, that up. Well, these are people who should wear it. I don't care what the rules are. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Just like the movie Air, I'll pay their fine. Great. <laughs> okay. Wait, who paid the fine in Air? Well, never mind. I'll say oh, yeah, I don't care. I don't care about rules. <laughs> Monster.com is Says there the to help you win your job hunt. Monster.com is there for you to put your resume on. And once you actually upload your resume to Monster.com, watch it all work. The it being employers who are already on the site, potentially, potentially already recruiting you before you even get to see their job posted. They're looking at you first. Then they post their jobs or in any other order. You never know. 
So why not post your resume to Monster.com right now? Because they specialize in building the right teams for employers and then know how to match you with those job fits. When you score the position, there's a salary salary calculator ensuring you're, you that you're paid what you're worth. You also get career advice, great coaching. There's millions of job openings. So there's no reason, if you're looking for a job, to not post your resume to Monster.com. You have all the reason, in other words, to go there. Go to Monster.com and win your job hunt today. Monster.com. Hey, folks. Uh, I was out there on my Twitter feed uh, last night seeing what's going on and also staring at my blue check mark for the last two days that I have it because there's no way on planet Earth I will ever give that man who runs the site a dime of my money <laughs> for a status symbol. My name is at Rich Eisen. Anybody else is not the real thing. I don't need a blue check mark. I've got a blue zip-up sweater that I think is very, very nice. You got a million followers plus. So. Yeah. It's all right. You know what I mean? It's all right. like, you're legit. I don't mean I don't mean to go down that wormhole because but we need it. on that hellscape of a site, there's still some very nice people and some very nice requests mm-hmm. and some very nice moments that can come out of being on Twitter. I saw a tweet last night from um a woman saying, Laura Smith, at mom four, number four Steelers. I'm imagining she's a mom who hey. likes the Steelers. My 13-year-old would love to hear any opinion on his draft choices, especially yours at Bucky Brooks and at Adam Rank. She personally would like to hear from Adam Schefter, and she added me. We'd love to hear from anyone in at Steelers Nation. Well, I can't, Steeler Nation, I can't speak for the rest, but I can speak for me. I saw this mock draft her name is her son's name apparently is Aaron Aaron I saw your mock draft hmm. now mock drafts are difficult they really are because you have no idea if there are trades and then you have to kind of hew a bit to what you're hearing out there so they sound you know it, so it, it comes across as realistic mm-hmm. you can take your shots here and there and when you're guessing but if you do s- crazy stuff like you know a wide receiver in the top five of a draft where there's five spots and many of them need quarterbacks, four of them do, and there's four quarterbacks, it makes a mock draft, you'd throw it away. But I saw this mock draft, and I got to tell you, Aaron, I like it. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. And we actually put together a mock draft, NFL mock draft 6.0. Aaron, I like it so much, we're giving you a graphic. He thinks that it's Stroud first, and I kind of believe that's the case. And then it's Bryce Young. Of course, if Arizona trades out, Will Anderson won't be third. But if they stay there and they don't get what they want for the third overall pick from anybody else, I kind of think it's going to be Will Anderson. And then if that happens, I do think Anthony Richardson becomes a Colt. Tyree Wilson, by the way, is an edge rusher that is atop so many draft boards. We didn't talk about him at the Combine because we didn't see him at the Combine. And he's... He's there. I think the the Seahawks would take him. Jalen Carter is the big question mark. But I am seeing Jalen Carter go to the Lions on a lot of mock drafts, so I like your pick there. I do think Will Levis lands at seven if this all works out. Lucas Van Ness is a terrific edge rusher, and I'll tell you what. If this Northwestern kid, Skaronsky, He was my pick for the Bears, Falls to the Bears at nine, they will run that card up to Roger Goodell. Run it. And Devin Witherspoon is a corner uh, in Philly. Nice choice. 
Skorotsky seems nice ready for I mean, right? a, a, I mean a, a defensive back right there. I like your top tenner. Yeah. I think that's a, a – we're going to hold on to that to how see how – 13? The Jets? No. <laughs> Aaron. Yeah. Yes. Aaron's Bo, 13. Bob, by the way, Aaron's 13. Aaron's so 13. are the Jets. Okay. Because they're not trading that pick. <laughs> Here we go. He thinks Broderick Jones, who is our first guest tomorrow, goes to the Jets. And that's why the Jets aren't trading the pick. They can get this monster from Georgia to pass protect. Tennessee getting uh, – I, I, don't, I, I don't particularly like an Ohio State guy filling Luan's shoes, but <laughs> I get it. He's pretty damn good. Miles Murphy's a good choice. These are all – could you imagine if Joey Porter winds up with the Steelers? Oh, that'd be amazing, right? The full yeah, another Porter. Right that would be amazing. Oh. I kind of dig all of these picks. None of them made me think, get out of here. Michael Mayer, the tight end from Notre Dame going to Green Bay when they just lost Tunyon. You could sit here and go tight end, top 15. Daniel Jeremiah loves this tight end group. He said there would be multiple first-round picks from the tight end group. Do you want to finish it up? Here's the back end. Jackson Smith and Jigba coming here to Los Angeles would be great. Quentin Johnston, you know the Ravens need a first-round draft choice. Hendon Hooker at wide receiver. You know Hendon Hooker could wind up in Minnesota. That is a fascinating choice. I'm hearing a lot about how the Vikings love the quarterback class and would use their first-round draft choice on this kid. You get a fifth year of control. I know, I know he's not going to be out there for uh, you know this year, but you don't need him this year. Zay Flowers in New York. B. John Robinson for the Cowboys. Nolan Smith still being around on 29 is, would be, for the Saints, a Christmas Crazy. lift type gift. I love the Aaron Smith, sir, well done. Good job, Aaron. I like his yeah. mock draft a lot. So, Good thanks job, at mom for steelers for putting that on my timeline. Brendan Hunt coming up. And you skipped over my favorite name from uh, that second 10, Osiris Torrance. Yeah, he's, I, he's, he's working out at his pro day today. You're already seeing it's lighting up a, a Twitter feed about how he looks as well. I just love his name, man. Um, he also went second round. Oh, hey now. Okay. Yeah. Aaron ain't no joke. Jordan Addison won't have much to long to wait if he does wait all the first night and not get picked, our first hour guest. He's got him going to the Steelers, Jalen Hyatt to the Texans. That would be a run on those positions at the top. Look at him going deep, man, into the second round of these picks. Well done. A lot of fun. Awesome. Bill's taking Zach Charbonnet is a nice pick. Sounds like a wine. I know. <laughs> he was uh, he was at Michigan, and then he came here to UCLA. He's a kid from, I believe he's uh, is he an Oaks Christian kid. I think he might be. Jordan Addison going he's, back to he's, the Steelers. He's from, he's from Southern California. And Darnell Washington to the Bengals. Oh, baby. Wow. Fun names, fun list. Good job, brother. And the neat thing is it came my way through that disastrous cesspool. Notice Twitter. Every now and then, Rich. Currently. Every, every now, every now, now and, and then. It's still there. It's still bright still sh- light shining through. It's still alive. By the way, my blue check mark's still alive. <laughs> it's about to take many yeah, shots. I heard Twitter yeah. was worth half of what it was when oh, it got bought. Don't even get That's what happens when man. you kick two jiggy off your platform. True story. They we got to get yeah. you back on it. We got to get you back. <laughs> <laughs>